This is a dice of Brussels. Um, this is a, a roundup. We're at the uh, beginning of August, which is uh, traditionally when uh, Brussels shuts down for the summer, and certainly there's a feeling that uh, everyone is really starting to take their summer break uh, seriously. So it, it's pretty useful to just have a look again at where we are uh, with things. To a large extent, what we have seen in the last couple of weeks has been a holding pattern. That um, for all the pressure that's come from different sides, whether that's uh, Tory backbenchers, uh, Eurosceptics of other stripes uh, in the UK, uh, other member states, uh, bits of the European Union, uh, all pressing for things to get going. Uh, nothing has really advanced in the formal timetable. It's clear that Theresa May is going to take her time over uh, invoking Article 50 notification, uh, that she wants to wait until the summer has finished. Um, and I think uh, probably the, the single clearest marker of that is uh, a press conference that was given last week where uh, her spokeswoman said... Uh, we have to decide what it is we want uh, before we go and notify. Now, uh, if a spokeswoman uh, is prepared to say that in a uh, on-the-record briefing, uh, which she was, then it suggests that the British government, uh, as it stands, is comfortable with the situation that we have. That uh, there remains no uh, credible way that uh, the EU can force the issue, uh, of notification that they too also need to sort out their uh, priorities um, and so there is a pass until uh, the latest part of this year. What is really very much less clear though is quite how much of a pass that will be because uh, as I've suggested in previous episodes it is likely that it will be market pressure that will be the ultimate uh, driver of this process rather than political pressure. Um, the, the EU clearly needs to get uh, going with this, uh, but uh, as I said, there's not really much they can do. However, markets can be much more persuasive in this kind of situation. Now, um, I think uh, it's really only going to be once this summer break has come to an end that we will have a clearer handle on this, that people will come back, uh, have a bit more distance on the issue, a bit more of a sense of what there is uh, going on uh, before they uh, determine the next steps. Now, to be clear, this isn't the same as saying nothing is happening. Uh, Theresa May, in between uh, various other commitments and trying to have some kind of domestic agenda, has been pushing... Uh, uh, herself uh, around uh, capitals of other member states. She's talked to uh, Angela Merkel, Francois Hollande, uh, Matteo Renzi, uh, Viktor Orban in uh, Hungary, uh, and uh, to uh, several others. And that this is going to be a continuing process that she needs to firstly reassure them that she is a safe pair of hands and that she is a sensible uh, and credible negotiating partner. Secondly, that she is going to uh, actually be pursuing uh, Article 50 
um, and that Brexit means Brexit, so that this is something that's going to happen. But also trying to get a sense of quite what they are prepared to give uh, or not give. Now, if you like, this is the, the phony war that uh, positions will be put out there uh, to test the water to see what might come. And um, uh, it's perhaps telling that you've seen some tries by British officials to float the possibility that there might be a deal out there which allows for access to the single market but without free movement of uh, workers. Now, that was shot down fairly quickly by the Commission, by various member states, who said that that simply wasn't going to be an option. And it was observed that this had come from uh, UK sources rather than from continental ones. Now, in that light, it seems clear that that package uh, remains uh, intact, that we're not going to get market access without free movement. So, uh, the challenge for uh, Theresa May is going to be, what does she uh, go for most? Um, and so, uh, really, she has two options. One is that she goes for the restriction on free movement, which she says is important, or she goes for market access, which she says is also important. Now, she's playing a, 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 a longer game on this. It will partly depend on how much the coalition that came together for referendum holds together, how amenable her backbenchers are to various uh, suggestions and propositions. And so you can see uh, the other parts of government uh, moving along as well, trying to promote their agendas. Uh, Boris Johnson has been caught up rather with uh, terrorist attacks, um, with trying to deal with... Uh, assorted uh, international issues so he's been rather taken out of things and I think we should really see Boris Johnson here as not being a key player in the Brexit discussions that he is going to be the international face in the broadest sense rather than the European face much more important will be David Davis who is the uh, Secretary of State for this uh, new department for leaving the uh, EU um, he's been quite low profile uh, so far and it's interesting that he's not really raised his head above the parapet now that might be strategic it might simply be that he doesn't have enough to come out and go batting he's received a lot of criticism for uh, the uh, ideas that he floated in uh, a piece he did for conservative home uh, just before his appointment which seemed uh, because it was uh, mistaken on various points of uh, eu law uh, and uh, he's not come back with anything more than that. Much more visible, though, has been Liam Fox, uh, who is the Minister for International Trade, uh, who is trying to uh, start the ball rolling on discussions about trade negotiations uh, with third parties. Now, there, I think, uh, he has uh, quickly found that whilst there is uh, a list of countries who are willing to have those uh, discussions, uh, until they know more clearly what the UK intends its relationship with the EU to be, uh, and certainly until it starts its Article 50 process, those uh, third countries are hesitant about getting into any kind of detailed discussion. And clearly there also remains the issue of capacity, that the UK has very few trade negotiators, um, and it will be interesting to see how the uh, UK tries to ramp up uh, its capacities in those. Is it going to... Uh, 
bring in uh, consultants? Is it going to train up uh, domestic civil servants and others to try and fulfill that role? So uh, I think we're going to see uh, some uh, adjusting for position. Um, the other big dynamic, though, that I think has really emerged in the last couple of weeks is the the domestic political situation. Um, at the moment, we still have a Labour Party that looks like it is uh, heading for a, a very painful uh, leadership contest. Um, the, the failure to uh, exclude or remove Jeremy Corbyn by peaceful means uh, and probably, uh, given where we are with the leadership contest, the failure to remove him through uh, uh, that process uh, leaves that party in a very uh, unhappy place. It looks very much ripe for uh, the uh, picking uh, off uh, in an early general election that Theresa May right, decides to make a virtue of her situation uh, and uh, increase her majority. In addition, you also have uh, UKIP who are looking at somewhat disorganised themselves that uh, Stephen Wolfe, who, uh, who is uh, the um, favourite to replace Nigel Farage, uh, currently, this is on Monday afternoon, uh, it's not clear whether he got his uh, nomination papers in. I would imagine that the party ultimately will decide that he has got them in on time, uh, despite some computer difficulties. Now, uh, in any case, he remains uh, somebody who will have to contest a, a leadership contest. He's not uh, in the same league as Nigel Farage. Um, and uh, given that his plans are primarily to sort of replicate the Farage approach, um, uh, you would have to expect that uh, the party was not going to be in such a strong position uh, if there were an autumn election. Now, this all matters because um, Theresa May might decide that there is an expediency in going for an early, ele early election, in trying to catch her opponents off balance, to give herself some more time until uh, the future election, to give herself an additional mandate for Brexit. She also could then potentially set the terms on which Brexit is pursued, saying we want this kind of deal or that kind of deal. Um, and given that the party looks likely to get uh, an increased majority, uh, that actually gives her a lot more leverage in the process. Now, uh, I think she's probably going to wait until uh, the summer is done to uh, see quite how her uh, opponents have uh, pursued this. But I think it's, it's really a, a live issue uh, in all of this, that uh, that calculation is going to weigh very heavily. Now, I, that matters because one of the things that I think is also apparent in recent weeks is that as much as Theresa May is trying to have uh, a broader package of government, um, she is finding that the energies and efforts that are required for tackling Brexit are very substantial indeed. And anything she can do to try and limit that, contain that, I think is uh, going to be uh, distinctly appealing to her. Now, uh, you've seen her efforts to try and limit uh, people smuggling uh, over the weekend. Uh, you've seen it with uh, her intervention on Hinkley Point, uh, the nuclear uh, power station. Um, she's interested in a lot of things. Uh, however, she has a limited capacity. 
that uh, she's going to find she's going to uh, have less and less uh, opportunity to do all of the things she wants to do if she doesn't get a strong handle on Brexit. Now, seen in that light, uh, the election option might well seem uh, more attractive than it does at the moment. As much as there are lots in the, of people in the Tory party who would not be happy with it, people who might be worried about their seats, people who are worried about another round of campaigning, about the danger of things going uh, belly up, uh, they might well find themselves in a minority uh, amongst the senior party. So in the next uh, month or so, I think we're not really going to see anything. Uh, and uh, I think it's going to be very quiet. Um, that it's hard to see what could happen that would be moving this along uh, in any particular way. So I think it's really only going to be in September when we come back that uh, we are going to see more of this kind of thing. So with that in mind, you might not hear from me for a while. Um, uh, but of course, as things develop, uh, we'll be doing more episodes. So I hope you have a, a great summer if you're not already on one. If you did, I hope it was a lovely time. And we shall talk again uh, at some point soon.